0: Excuse me. Hallelujah. I believe God is ready for His church to walk in His presence and power unlike we've ever seen. God is always ready to heal, deliver, save, but we have a part in Him demonstrating His power and favor on the earth. Our obedience to His word and the Holy Spirit in 2020 will either do one of two things it's either going to open up heaven and blessing over your life. Or your disobedience is going to continue to bring the bad stuff that you don't want in your life. Okay? We don't want it. God is moving on the earth right now in mighty ways. All over the world, he's moving in mighty ways. Sick are being healed. Blind eyes are being opened. Dead are being raised to new life. Addictions are being broken. But the question is, why are we not seeing it more often? Why are we not seeing it more often in our churches, in our communities? in our workplaces. I want to deal with that today. We see it in the life of Jesus that he did miracles and healings everywhere he went. If Jesus was alive today and preaching in our churches, would he still do the same thing that he did while he was on the earth? I mean, if Jesus was alive today and he was preaching in churches all over the United States and abroad, would he be still doing the same things that he did when he was on the earth then? I believe he would. Does Jesus expect us to do the same thing he did while we are on the earth? Or does Jesus want us to get saved then do nothing until we die and go to heaven? Is that what he did? No. And that is not what he wants us to do either, guys. (coughs) He don't want us just to exist. That was not the goal. And what I want you to see as we go through this is I want you to see the transfer from the power from heaven into Jesus and the transfer all the way through to me and you. I want you to see that there's a theme that runs through this (coughs) And it's got you and me and mine. God's vision was to see what was in Jesus to actually go global. He wanted to see that the people that were being healed in Jesus' ministry, because that was only one man that could do that in one location. That's why it was expedient for him to go. That's why he told his disciples, man, I got to get out of here. Because if I stay, it'll be good for y'all. But it's not going to be good for the world. Because it's not going to be able to spread like he wants it to. Amen? Because the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus was only where Jesus was. Now you notice when you come to churches all over the world, the presence of God is now in all those destinations. Be it some small, some great. It's not necessarily the same power in every place. But the, the point is, his power is present everywhere because Jesus went to heaven. So how did God's power start in Jesus' life? I first want to let's look at the things Jesus came to earth to do. Now look at Luke 3, 15, 16. And I'm reading this passage because it's got something to do as we get towards the end. Luke 3, 15 says, Now as the people were in expectation, and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I, John, indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with what? (coughs) Holy Spirit and fire. It is good to be baptized in water, and we'll always do it, okay? Because it's a sign of what Jesus did on the inside of you. We get to see it outwardly, okay? But I'm telling you, there's a greater baptism that Jesus had in mind before he left. And it was a baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, and we'll look at that as we go through this Luke three twenty one says this now this is Jesus being baptized it says in verse 21 when all the people were baptized it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized and while he prayed the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said you are my beloved son in whom are in you I'm well pleased we notice that the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form as a dove okay Now, that's not necessarily going to happen to you and me, okay? There's not going to bird come flying down or a horse come running in. You may not have something like that. In this case here, it just gives us a description of the Holy Spirit coming down and resting on Jesus like a dove would, okay? That's all that was. Then we see in um, Luke 4.1, it says, Then Jesus being what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Luke 3, we see him being filled with the Spirit. Luke 4, we see him filled and going from Jordan, and he was led into the wilderness where he would be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, okay? We have no record of Jesus being tempted or having a one-on-one conversation or confrontation with the devil up until this point right here. Why? There was no need, okay? It was only when the power was displayed on him. And the devil really didn't even know where Jesus was. He's stupid, guys. The devil is stupid. We sometimes give him all the information he needs because we talk too much. We do. We just talk, blah, 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 blah. blah. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what's bothering you because you just won't be quiet. Well, that wasn't the case with them. <clears throat> they just lived and said, hey, man, look, we're just going to serve God, blah, 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 raise Jesus the way we should. It was when God said, this is my, we- my son and whom I'm pleased, and all of a sudden, boom. The devil said, oh, it's on now. Well, it's too late then. He already filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know. And then Luke 4, 14 says, <clears> there's <throat> a headline in my Bible, it says, Jesus begins his Galilean ministry. And in verse 14 it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. That's where Jesus was. He was in Galilee at the time. So we see him in the Spirit, and ready to go so Matthew 4 23 picks up the same thing where he's at in Galilee and it says in verse 23 and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed epileptics and paralytics and he healed them <coughs> I want you to Look at verse 23 again before we move on. It says, Jesus went by all Galilee teaching in their what? Okay, just leave it right there. Synagogues in their day was like church in our day. Okay. So Jesus is actually healing people inside of a church building. Am I correct? Would that be correct to say that? Yeah. That it was a gathering of people and then he started healing people? Would Jesus be doing that today when there was a gathering of people? When we all gather in churches all over the world this morning, may I ask you, is there some sick people probably attending? There probably is, right? Well, according to Jesus, when he showed up at a synagogue, he did something. He preached the gospel, and he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Because let me tell you something. It's hard to go through this life. But it's even harder to go through this life when you're dealing with depression when you're dealing with a sickness or a disease it's more of a struggle and god knew that that's what the power of god was for that's why jesus came and that's why he demonstrated what he demonstrated hallelujah luke four forty, which is still in luke 4 it says when the uh, when the sun was setting all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He laid his hands on every one of them, and he healed them. I would challenge you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and find any incident where Jesus made somebody sick. Any. I double-dog dare you to find any scripture that says Jesus cause somebody to get sick it ain't there it ain't there you're never going to find a case where Jesus walked up to somebody and said wow hmm I think that's the will of God that's the will of God you got that that's not my will that's the will of God we don't understand why you got this this is kind of different all I know is Amen. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I just know he's good. You're never going to find that. It's quiet. You know why? It's because we've strayed that far from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got some work to do, guys. We got to get back to the Jesus of the Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 6, 19, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him, and he healed them what? All. Oh, he healed every one of them, just as they touched Jesus. Where does Jesus live now? In us. When's the last time somebody touched you and they were healed? This is why in 2020, I want it to be top on our list that we are going after God like we never have before. We don't go to church for people. We go to, I mean, you know, to impress people that are here. We go to church so we can help others to get empowered, to get strengthened, to be able to go out. Not only in our personal lives, obviously it needs to start there. I mean, obviously, if you're struggling and you're going through a lot and you're not overcoming, that's not going to be attractive. So we want this working in our life first, and then it should be an overflow into the world around us. Amen? And I believe it will. Hallelujah. We see the power of God at work in and through Jesus. Did God's power leave when Jesus left the earth? <clears throat> you know, when he checked out of here, did his power just go whoop? Friend, there's a lot of things that happen every day we don't understand. You, you know that, right? Yeah, you can say amen, okay? There's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of people that get sick. There's a lot of people that die unexpectedly, and we scratch our head. It's a reality, and I'm not saying I've got all the answers, but that book has all the answers, and I'm saying Jesus is the answer. Whether we understand everything that's going on or not, We've got to get the gospel in us, amen, to where we will not be a victim to confusion, depression, you know, anxiety, and all these things, trying to figure out why things happen and why things don't happen, okay? There is an answer, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm on a mission to find every answer. I want to walk through this life knowing what God's doing, knowing what's His, and knowing what's not His, amen? And I want to be a part of that and helping you as well. But in Mark 16, 15, we see Jesus now has already went to heaven and came back, and he's getting ready to uh, give a word to his disciples. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Do y'all believe? Many of y'all believe in here, okay? These are some signs that should be following us. If we believe in my name, they will cast out demons. And you do have demon-filled people around you. Amen? They're there. Amen? And these signs, cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink any deadly thing, and it will not by no means hurt them. Now, I, we're not doing snakes and stuff. You all know that, right? I mean, we probably won't encounter that. But you may drink something that ain't good for you. Hallelujah. It may be to hurt you, but it won't hurt you. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These are the things that Jesus told these disciples that they would go and do. These signs would follow them that believe. It goes on to say, if you read on in, in, in Mark 16, that these they did go and these signs and wonders followed them. It happened. The word was confirmed with the signs following in their life. So what happened? So how were they able to do what Jesus did? Acts 1.8 tells us, But you shall receive what? Power. Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, Jesus, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria in the end of the earth. Now, what did Jesus say he was going to do? He was going to baptize us with what? The Holy Spirit and fire, right? That was his mission, to obviously take the sins of the world, but that was not it. Taking the sins of the world just got us out of bondage and put us over into freedom. Now we're going to need some power to walk this thing out. We're going to need some power to say no to the sin that's going to knock at the door of our heart. We're going to have to have power to say no to the sickness and disease that's going to try to knock us out. The devil's coming, and he knew just like he needed the power in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he needed the power for three and a half years that he was ministering on this earth, he knew all of us was going to need the power too. So in 2020, I want us to go after this. Seek him day and night. Go after him as a church, corporately and individually, and watch God's power increase in our church. Amen? The one ingredient of the pound cake that I feel like we need to put in the pound cake to make it a good pound cake, and that is some power. Amen? I don't want to leave that ingredient out of Christianity. And I feel like as a whole, we've kind of went through the motions and, 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 and did the things every week, but we're not really seeing a significant change. Amen? I mean, we're seeing some change by the grace of God, but I just, I'm saying I just want to see more, and I think he does too. When Jesus wins, we see Jesus telling his disciples that when the Holy Spirit has come upon them, that they would receive power to be witnesses of Jesus to the world. What did Jesus do before he received the Holy Spirit and power? Nothing. Zip. Nada. You have no record of Jesus raising birds, dead birds to life. You have no record of Jesus healing his friends on the playground. Nothing. He didn't do anything, okay? It was only, but after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was a witness of what? His Father. Jesus was a witness of his Father in these areas. Healing the sick, raising the dead, bringing freedom to the captive, casting out demons, forgiving sinners, loving the unlovable, helping the hurting, feeding the hungry. This was how he was witnessing his Father to the world. Not just by saying, my name's Jesus and I'm a teacher. No. He was demonstrating something that he saw his father, so he was going to witness what he saw his father do. We see that in the Bible. And it goes on to say, we, the church, do good on about half of that list, but when it comes to healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, delivering the captives, we sometimes struggle. We try to make excuses sometimes of why things don't happen. We try to give people reasons why the Word of God don't work in their life. We try to find out, we try to use our, you know, uh, uh, mental abilities to try to reason out why something don't happen. Why somebody in a wheelchair comes to a church and then they leave in the wheelchair week after week after week. We, we, we just kind of get used to it, we get numb to it, and we just think it's okay. In Jesus' ministry, no sickness, no disease, <laughs> no dead was safe around him. It was, it was in danger. Of being told to go somewhere. It was in danger of leaving the individual. That's why he had no problem growing his church. No problem. He didn't have to have a marketing campaign. He didn't have to have billboards in, New, uh, in Jerusalem. That I'm coming to town. I'll be there this weekend. I'll uh, you know Catch me here. Catch me there. No, 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 no. Why? There was something very evident in his ministry. And it's power. The reason why all of you in this room said yes to Jesus, the power of God touched your life. It touched you, and it moved you to walk away from something that before that power hit you, you loved, you enjoyed. I enjoyed sinning. I enjoyed drinking and partying and and doing all the dumb things that I thought were okay. I enjoyed it, but when the power of God hit me, there was something else I enjoyed doing, and that's only because the power of God touched me and change me amen but we see in acts that not only did the power of the Holy Spirit work in Jesus but it worked in the Apostles life as well Acts 5 verses 12 and then 16 it says and through the hands of the Apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people many signs and wonders then it goes down to verse 16 also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were healed they all were healed This is not Jesus, this is disciples. We see God's power at work in and through the lives of the apostles. They saw the same power that was operating through Jesus, operating through them. Why do we not see God's power like they did? Did God's power run out with the disciples? Was God's power only for the disciples? You'll hear it. I've heard preachers say that when the last apostle died, miracles, signs, and wonders were done away with. I've heard preachers say that. And maybe many of you have too. But that ain't the case. <laughs> that ain't the case at all. Amen? Acts 6.5 says this. Now, Acts 6 was a chapter that was designed to actually get some order to the church because at this point, Acts 1 and 5, the church was absolutely growing and busting out the seams, man. They were having a huge growth spurt. And the, and the disciples or the apostles, they were actually needing to get along with God and, and pray more and get into the Word And they're they're saying, okay, well, we need to appoint some people. So we pick that up in in verse 5. It says, and the saying pleased the whole multitude that they needed to get away with God and pray. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip. I want to just stop there because there were some others. They chose seven of them, and all of them were full of the Holy Spirit and, and power and faith. But I want to choose them because as we move to Acts 6, 8, we're going to pick up Stephen. And it says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great what? wonders and signs among the people this is if you read all of six these were seven men that just served like we do every sunday they served in a capacity in the churches that was exploding just like nursery workers children's workers hospitality you know youth work they were just regular people but they were hand-picked because they were full of the holy spirit and power to go and do something that's the same thing with us We're we're being asked to, to do the same thing. In Acts 8, 5, check this out. This is Philip. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. This is an ordinary person, guys, that did not really walk with Jesus He just got touched by God, got saved, started serving, got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the next thing you know, miracles and stuff are following him wherever he goes. This is the game changer. This is what absolutely changes your school, your job, your college, your family, your career. It changes everything when you have some power behind what you're doing. And I'm not talking about being weird. I mean, I know, I mean, people do get weird with it, okay? There is some things that go on in churches sometimes. I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm talking about genuinely giving God room in his power, room in his presence to move in people's lives. Because everybody's in a different place, guys. Everybody's got a different struggle that sometimes they're dealing with. And as a church, if we will take the first of this year and go after God and then don't stop, let's keep praying at home. Let's keep separating ourselves from the things of the world to where when we come together, there's something else that comes in the room besides our body. It's the power of God. Amen? And we see lives changed to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Check this out. Acts 8, still talking about Philip. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, Philip was actually ministering to a eunuch, uh, and he he got him saved, and then just getting baptized. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. I did some research on this right here, and that is about 30 to 40 miles from where he was at. So that would be like me up here, and I baptize somebody in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, go down, come back up, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Next thing you know, it's a reported that I'm in Buckhead. Preaching the gospel. That happened in the New Testament, people. I'm gonna tell you something, when stuff like that happens, that gets the attention of unbelievers. That's what separates our message away from everybody else's. That's the part that's supposed to be going on. There's the fear of God coming to place when stuff like that happens. People start judging themselves, examining themselves. They start going, woo, I mean, we need to get serious. In the book of Acts, there was two people that were, 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 were you know, they died for lying to the Holy Ghost. They lied to God and fell dead right there in the book of Acts. I'm just telling you, man, when the power of God gets there, it brings all the church into a place of fear and reverence to Almighty God. That we begin to think about Him and not each other. We begin to think about others and not think about ourselves. We begin to bring our goods and services to the Lord and lay it at His feet, knowing that He'll take care of us. Amen? And we begin to see great things happen. And I'm going to tell you something. You want to see something fire you up? I laid hands on a lady the other day that had a big growth on the side of her head. I laid hands on her in the name of Jesus right there in her kitchen, okay? And I felt that growth move. Felt it. I'm telling you, it changed me. I'm like, whoo! Hallelujah! I mean, nobody else? I mean, she didn't say nothing. I felt that joker move, okay? And it really changed me. It let me know there's some power on the inside of me that wants to get out. It ain't me. I'm nothing, okay? I'm nothing. I just got to see a little bit of his power move. It'll change your life, people. It'll change your life, amen? Did God's power leave when Philip and Stephen died? No, God's power has not run out, and it never will. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, guys. What makes Christianity different than every other religion is power. Power in the blood, power in the name of Jesus, power in the Holy Spirit. There is power in the Word of God to heal, deliver, save, and take you from darkness to light, from bondage to freedom, from death to life, from loss to save, from sick to healed. The gospel is for real, and it is powerful. Amen? I'm telling you, this gospel that we preach, it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. It will change your life. And it will change those lives around us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, Amen, Nathan. Hallelujah, Nathan. Glory to God. Amen. Come on. The question is, how can we see more of the power of God in our life and in our church in 2020? Man, that's a good question to ask. And I've been working hard to get to this point right here because i got four things I want to give you. Then we're going to sing, and we're going to go home, and we're going to have a good time. Amen? So the number one thing that I've got, and, and again, these are not all. These are just what I feel like the Lord gave me when I was studying, okay? Hallelujah. Number one is to repent and turn from our ways. Well, Nathan, I'm a Christian, bro. I gave my heart to Jesus. I repented of my sins. What are you talking about? Huh. <laughs> I know you know you were going to say that, but i was just saying that to just in case. We all guys have got our arms wrapped around other things. At different places, we all could repent. Ain't nobody in this room that couldn't repent. Yes, if you're lost and you don't know God, yeah, you want to repent and receive Jesus as your Lord. But, you know, 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sin, that's talking to believers. Mm -hmm. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Man, never, never think that you've got it all figured out. David repented daily. David, King David repented daily. I mean, guys, there's room for us to walk away from our way to his way. So. I say repent and turn from your ways, number one. Acts 3.19 says, so repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, and return to God. Seek His purpose for your life. Seek His purpose for your life. Seek His purpose for your life. That's what we want is His purpose. Not our friends, not our spouses, not our bosses, not our parents. We want His purpose for our life. The only way you find His purpose for your life is you seek Him for it. Amen? It goes on to say this. So that your sins may be wiped away, blotted out, completely erased, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. So number one, we need to repent and turn from our way. If we're going to see, I believe, more of the power of God in our lives, I believe we need to repent. And I believe that's just what this 21 days of prayer and fasting is all about. Number two, I believe we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 tells us, I've already read it, but it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. One of the greatest attacks sometimes is on the Holy Spirit and his, his indwelling and how that works. We have more people that just are confused about how being filled with the Holy Spirit works. You know why? Because they don't read the Bible. The Bible's very clear. The Holy Spirit came on Jesus in a form of a dove. Jesus said he was going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. What do we see in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4? They were in the upper room, right? And then it says something happened, right? A rushing mighty wind came in, and then there was what on top of their head? A A fire. A fire. Tongues of fire. They received the Holy Spirit and fire that day. Now, what happened after they received the Holy Spirit in fire? What did they do? Spoke in tongues. There we go, right there. That is one of the things that denominations will reject, receive, fuss over, call it a demon-possessed. I mean, we have all kinds. Why is that? Why is there such a controversy over that? Because there's power wrapped up in that. And the devil don't want you to have a clear vision over that right there. He wants you to go, it's weird. I don't want to do that. That don't make sense. Like you really know what God's, like you know all about God. There's a lot of things about God we don't understand. There's a lot of things about a 747 jet you don't understand, but you still get in it and fly. I don't need to see all the, 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 how it operates. I just want to know, is it going to fly? Has it got a good history? Is it going to get me to my destination? Trust God. But being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is not scary. And if you've never done it, don't judge it. But yet I would highly recommend that you actually ask the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna, I'm going to give you a chance to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're not going to get weird with it. But I'm going to just give you a chance to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, your heavenly language is between you and Him. I'm not going to make you do anything. Hey, Amen. It ain't my job. I mean, man, nobody made these guys speak in another language. They were in an upper room and the Holy Spirit came in and they just began to do what the Holy Spirit it prompted them to do so i believe the same thing can happen here it's between you and the lord it's not about being weird it's about being full of power so number one repent and turn away from our, our ways be filled with the holy spirit number two number three we have to separate ourselves from the world this is where i really want to get into january we've got to separate ourselves from the world got to second corinthians 6 14 says this do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers do not make mix, mismatched alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Belial, or Satan? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. You can't sit at the table of demons and expect to experience the power of God. You can't do whatever the world is doing and expect to experience the power of God in your life. It can't happen. You can't do ungodly things and expect godly things to happen. It don't happen. No more than I can take a cake and put in all the uh, ingredients that the box says don't put in. I just put in whatever I want, throw it in a pan, put it in the oven, hit 350, and expect it to be a cake. I'll pull out something, but it won't be what I wanted. It won't be what's on that box. But if I do everything that's on that box, I'll pull out a beautiful cake. I'm, mean, guys, you cannot do this the way you want to do it and expect to get the results God wants for you. You can't add your own ingredients into your life. You can't say what's right and wrong. He already told you what's right and wrong. Either you got to say yes and amen, or you got to keep doing what you do. But you can't, this is where people are. This is why we have hypocrisy in the church. This is how, why we have lukewarmness in the church. That's why we have churches of 50 or 100, 10,000. They'll walk in, and over three-quarters of them never even do anything in the house of God because it's just an event. It's just something we mark off our calendar that month or that week. I went to church. Check. Oh, no. Oh, no. When we begin to separate ourselves from the world, what do I mean? Do I mean you should not never talk to sinners? Well, no, that's obvious. You're going to have to do that if you work. <laughs> I mean, they're all around. I'm just saying if you're sitting there eating with them, doing stuff with them and you're just you know always hanging out with them, that's going to affect you. You're not going to affect them at all. Period. And even if you did, it would be so far and few between. The Bible tells us evil communication corrupts good manners. That's from God, not Nathan. We've got to separate ourselves. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is a tough one because when you start separating yourself from family and friends that you like because you say, hey, look, man, I just can't do that anymore. I'm not judging you. Y'all work at your own deal, but I just can't do that anymore. You're going to find out who your friends are. Either they're going to walk with you or they're going to walk away from you. And that needs to be true because they need to see something different in you that's going to cause them to change. If you're constantly looking like them, They're not going to change. They have no need. They feel like it's okay. You're preaching a message of doom to that individual. Because on the judgment seat, judgment day, they're going to stand before God thinking that what they were doing was okay. But it wasn't. There's a reason why God tells us to separate ourselves. There is things that God don't want us to do. There's places he don't want us to go. There's things he don't want us to hear. There's things he don't want us to say. It's to our benefit. We need to be a light to a world. But if we're as dark as they are, man, they're never going to run to it. We've got to separate ourselves in 2020. So we need to repent, turn from our ways, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to separate ourselves from the world. I, I can't say that strong enough. We've got to separate ourselves from the world. And number four, we need to expect to see God's power move in our life and in our church. We need to expect it. Expectation means you prepare for it. You prepare. You prepare at home. You prepare in your private chambers. God's power will not only work in your life, but will work on the lives of your family, friends, and co-workers. So today, let's repent and turn from our ways that were done in 2019. And let's decide that from this day forward, we're going to put Jesus' ways first in our lives. 2020 is going to be a year of seeing Jesus and His power clearer than ever before at work in and through our lives. 2020 will be a year of God's power on display at Revolution Church and in and through the lives of the people at Revolution Church. Revolution Church will double in 2020, and I don't just mean in people. I believe we're gonna double in the power, we're gonna double in the love, we're gonna double in the presence, we're gonna double, double, double. And I believe you're gonna double, amen? Because we're gonna see God's power at work in our life. We're gonna give Him ourselves. We're gonna love Him first. We're gonna give to Him first. We're going to watch God do some things in our life, guys. Many of y'all know this. It's amazing. And I wanted to say something about separating yourself from the world because this is the way it really works sometimes. And, I, and I'll only just use my my story as an example. I remember one time a long time ago. I knew there was something I needed to say about that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I remember a long time ago, me and Belinda were sitting in a movie theater, and we was watching a movie. Y'all like movies? Okay. Wow. Just a little bit of y'all. <laughs> anyway, in this movie, they said G.D. in this movie. Okay. Y'all know what that is, right? They said it, and something went off in me. I had a check in my heart. I said, ooh, this ain't good. And I told Belinda, I said, you know what? The next time we go to a movie and they say G.D., we're going to get up and walk out. I was convicted. I felt something hit me right here. Did anybody see that? Nobody saw it. It was just me and him. Like many of you guys in this room, when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, the Holy Spirit, will he'll nudge you. He'll nudge you. You'll get a little check in here. But you know what? If you don't do nothing with that check, guess what? He'll check you again. You don't do nothing with that check, guess what? He's going to pull away. You won't feel that check no more. You'll even get to the place to where you will make what you're doing okay in your own mind because he's a perfect gentleman he's not going to push you to do something he's going to encourage you he's going to encourage you by nudging you deep in here but he's not going to push you so the next movie we went to boop, they said gd and i watched the movie i finished watching the movie i didn't obey i watched it the same nug I got the first time, I got it again. But I ignored it. And did you know that the next movie I went to and they said it again? I didn't get no nudge. I started making reasons why it wasn't that bad. Well, you know, everybody talks. I started making reasons. I'm here to tell you guys, we have got to get our hearts soft again before God. And we got to start obeying Him when He nudges. And it's going to take us, you know, walking away from some things we like. I mean, I like those action-packed movies where people are getting blown away and buildings are blowing up and, man, they just blah! <laughs> Dwayne Johnson saving the world, man, and I want to be as big as him. You know what I am saying? Come on, buh! You know? These things, man, I mean, they, they do pull at us sometimes. But I'm just telling you, what if we begin 2020 and said, you know what? I'm going to get close to Christian things. I'm going to get close to Christian music, Christian movies. And I know they're lame. But at least when you get done watching them, you don't feel bad. I got Pure Flix, and we watch some of them movies, and they look so lame. I mean, they're so fake. I mean, it's like, man, you can almost tell them what they're about to do. But you know, every time we get done watching it, we feel good. I feel good. And they usually have a pretty good message behind it. What if we started letting God entertain us instead of the world? I mean, guys, the world is looking for somebody to walk away from this stuff and stand out. And that's the first step we can do. Revolution Church family will experience healing, miracles, and financial breakthrough in 2020 as we put Jesus first in everything we do. Let us, as a church, expect to see God's power in our church, our lives, our jobs, and our families in 2020. You know, this month, we're actually going to do prayer on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 for the next three Saturdays. We're not going to do it the whole year, but it is for the next three Saturdays. I would encourage everybody, please come out. Please come out and be a part of that. And I'm telling you guys, let's work really hard to slow down our lives and really do an inventory check of really what's important. We have an opportunity, guys. That opportunity is not always going to be there. We have an opportunity as a body, not to impress each other, but to actually be vessels of his honor to a world all around us. If we're going to be faithful with a little, he will trust us with a lot. But I don't need to do this by myself. You don't need to do it by yourself. I need you. You need me. If I said something today that kind of touched you in the wrong way, just know I love you, and I care about you, and I want to see you be all God's called you to be, man. Just like the devil's out there trying to pull you away. I'm trying to pull you in. And sometimes when I say some things, it may be, and I'm I'm telling you, when I get to next week and week after, it could be, (laughs) I could really talk about some things. We're going to read some passages that are going to challenge you. We even may say the word sin in church. Because we may talk about sin. What is sin? But just know I love you. Just know God is wanting to get us in a position and get us in shape to really be a light to a lost and dying world. Amen? Let's just don't be another church on the corner. Let's don't be just another church that goes through the motions. Let's be a church that stands up and stands out. Let's be a church that actually show the world the fruits of the Spirit. Show them the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's let them see something. Because it's in here. This church is full of good people. Full of great people. Full of people that love God. But we're going to have to make some minor adjustments. So let's all bow our head and let's pray. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this wonderful day. But Holy Spirit, I thank you more than anything that you love these people and that you want each and every one of them to have a year like they've never had before in their life. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to move on them right now in the name of Jesus. In a way that you've never moved on before. You know, as you are with your eyes closed. And, and maybe if you just take a moment and reflect. Maybe of the past week, month, year. And just, just kind of reflect. And let the Holy Spirit. Ask the question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is Holy Spirit saying to you right now that he, he would like to see changed? Like to see done away with. And what if we today made a commitment to let him do it? Hallelujah. So if that's you today and you you want prayer for that, I just want you to receive this prayer as I pray it over you and agree with me that the Holy Spirit will partner with you. And you'll see a difference in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to move upon those that are here today. That are ready to lay down their their issues. Lay down their addictions. Lay down their pain and, and struggle before you. And I pray, Jesus, right now. That by your precious Holy Spirit. That the power of the Most High would come upon them in Jesus' mighty name. To empower them to walk in your glory, and your honor. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen.